Well, hey, if you're, if you're new here, um, this isn't our typical setup, um, so, so we have uh, some, some special guests with us today, and, and, and man, I'll, I'll get to that in just a second, but, but last week, um, we started talking about missions, and, and we talked about what it looked like for, for the church, the global church, to be involved in missions, and this week, I want to get practical. I think sometimes if we're not careful, we can come to church, we can listen to a pastor, we can get some, some good, you know, rah-rah moments, but we never ask the question, yeah, but how? We never ask the question, how do I get involved? We, we never ask the question, how does this actually impact me? And one thing that I wanted to do today was just kind of press pause for a moment and talk about some stories and, and talk about some opportunities. So what does missions mean for our church? What does missions mean for your family? What does missions mean for you as an individual? See, if we're not careful, we'll think that missions is something that is so foreign that we'll just pray for someone that we don't ever have another role. Psalm chapter 2 verse 8 says this, Ask me and I will make the nations your inheritance, the ends of the earth your possession. God is very clear about missions. In fact, when Jesus was leaving, he said, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to peace out for a little while, but you have some work to do. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. We're called to go to the ends of the earth. Now, hear me when I talk today. Is it local? Absolutely. Is it global? Absolutely. You can't have one without having the other. Today, we're going to focus on what it looks like for global missions. There's no doubt in my mind that God's heart is for lost people. Right? P plain and simple. God's heart is for lost people. And I don't think there's one person in this room that wouldn't say that, that God's heart isn't for lost people. Right? I, I think we can all agree that God's heart breaks for the person that is lost. We see it throughout parables in the Bible, right? We hear about the lost sheep. We hear about the lost coin. We hear about all of these parables and what that points to is God reaching out to the one that is lost. Mark chapter 16 verse 15 says this, Go into all the world, proclaim the gospel to all creation. So let me backtrack. Let's go back to math class and science class. And some people are like, dear God, let's never go back there again. That was my personal, can I, can I say hell? Like that was my personal, that was my personal hell. I just said it. <laughs> But, but let's go all the way back, and, and let's think of, of if-then statements. Anybody remember if-then statements? Th those were like the epitome of my SAT scores, right? Like if-then statements. I, did, I didn't like them. But this one's simple. If God's heart is for lost people, then go into all the world. Right? It just makes sense. Church, it isn't a suggestion. It's a mandate from God that we're called to go into the world. Parents, if, if you're in the room and you have some, some older kids, we're getting there. Um, I don't want to rush it. I'm trying to slow it down. But our four-year-old now cleans her room. Or, or she, <laughs> she attempts to clean her room. She gathers everything in one spot. But, but, but as a parent, if you tell your kid to go clean their room, that's not a suggestion. 
right? Any parents in the room would say amen to that? Like, like if I tell my kid, I see hands like popping up. <laughs> but, but if you tell your kid, and like you tell them once, you're like, hey, go clean your room. They didn't clean it the first time. Hey, hey, just a reminder. It's like, I need you to, need you to go clean your room, right? And, and, and then if you have to ask them a third time, you're like, hold on now. This isn't me asking you to clean your room. This is me what? Telling you to clean your room. It, it's, it's if the parent asks, then the kid goes to clean, right? When God says to go, it's not a suggestion. Let's take a look at Romans chapter 10. It says this, For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him. For everyone who calls on him, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Let me, let me insert some stuff for us today and give it to you a different way. There's no distinction when it comes to God between red and blue. There's no distinction when it comes to God between Republican, Republican or Democrat. There's no distinction between masked and unmasked. There's no distinction between vaccinated and unvaccinated. When it comes to scripture, it says, for the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him. All. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone that calls, his heart is for people. And if his heart is for people, then we go. And when we go, individuals step into a relationship with Jesus. Church, can I remind us that any expression of faith in Jesus Christ that is not an active part of reaching the nations falls woefully short of God's plan for our lives. If we're not reaching out, then we're actually just becoming consumers. If we're not reaching out, then, then what we're saying is, you know what? My life matters and others don't. When we don't reach out, when we don't share and spread the gospel message, what we say is, I've got all that I need. They can figure it out for themselves. What, what we say is, I've got my get out of hell card and, and, and they don't and they got to find theirs themselves. We can't just talk about going. We have to be about going. So today, I thought we would have more of, of a conversational format. Because if we're not careful, what we can do is we can, we can look at full-time missionaries and we can say, I could never do that. <laughs> right? But we can also begin to hear stories of people who have, who have had opportunities, opportunities or who have seized opportunities and, and followed God's call on their life, even for short-term missions. So let me kind of introduce some individuals here today. So first off, I want to introduce Pastor Harrison Ski. Did I say your last name right? I did. I said it right. I wasn't going to say your last name, but give it up for Pastor Harrison. Um, people give you a hard time on your last name all the time. So when I... They say Skay, oh, Sky. Oh, everything. Sky, it's S-K-E-Y. Yeah, it's like skiing. But so here's the problem. When I, came, when I started working at the church, you were a student. You weren't on staff yet. And, and I think people were, like, always giving you new nicknames. Like, were they? Well, they called you, <laughs> well, maybe not to your face. Probably <laughs> not, yeah. So I didn't ever know how to say your last name. Now I do. So Pastor Harrison is our associate pastor over missions and outreach for all of the multiplied church locations. 
Uh, we also have Colin and Madison Smith. They're missionaries to West Africa. Uh, Madison actually grew up a, a part of our church, um, and, and so she's a daughter of the house. And Colin, you kind of married in to being a, a son of the house. Uh, we also have Mr. Brian King. If you don't know who Brian King is, then you got, he's not doing his job. <laughs> but but you, you know who Brian King is. We have Maria Kofer with us today, so give it up for Maria. And then we also have Cammie Parsons, so you guys give it up. Give it up for them. Who had run through said, this morning said this felt like a talk show? What, what's the redhead talk show guy's name? Conan? Am I as funny as Conan? Is Conan funny? I'm not funny. He's not funny? Who likes Conan O'Brien? Anybody? I don't know. This, uh, this isn't political. I'm just curious. Like, okay, we digress. Here we go. Uh, let's, let's move on from that. Um, so so let's, let's kind of kick off with, with Colin and Madison. Um, this is a picture on, on the screen. This is a, a, a picture of the Niger River in West Africa. And there's a fascinating story behind these pictures. Colin, can you tell us a little bit about what's going on here? Yeah, so like he said, these are pictures of our team in West Africa. And this bottom picture here is the river that he's talking about. This is actually uh, the first day we ever crossed over this river. And when you cross over this river, you won't find any more Christians. You won't find any churches. And you won't even find anyone who has ever heard the story of Jesus, which is really sad. Um, but the exciting thing is that this is the first day that anyone on that side of the river met a follower of Jesus, which is amazing. Um, and even cooler than that, the followers of Jesus that are coming to them are coming from a village that we live and work in called Wara that not too long ago was just like this village. And wow. in, in not that much time after the gospel has been preached there, People have been saved, people have been baptized, and Come people have on. even joined ministry to reach villages around That's them. awesome. Colin, let me ask you this, uh, because uh, this picture doesn't look old. So it's not in black and white, right? So, so when, and you're not old, so when, what year was this picture taken? To, you, to the best of your memory, what year was this picture taken? I believe it was 2019. So, so, so I'll backtrack a little bit. You mean to tell me the year is 2019... You crossed over a river, and on the other side of that river, no one had ever heard the name of Jesus, to the best of your knowledge. Yep, from the oldest to the youngest in that village, yep. Church, if that doesn't hit you in your gut, if that doesn't do something inside of you, listen, we have a lot of stuff going on in our nation right now. We have a lot of turmoil. We have a lot of unrest. We have a lot of uncertainty. But we're able to gather like this on a Sunday morning and worship Jesus because we know who he is. There are people in this world who don't know Jesus. And not because they're far away from him. Because they have never heard his name. Because they have, never, they have never seen a Bible. They have never seen a Christ follower. If that doesn't do something inside of you, check your relationship with Jesus. If that doesn't do something inside of you, I'm not going to go as far to say check your salvation, but you're toeing the line. Pastor, can you say stuff like that? Well, I can't take it back now. Let me give you some stats. 
in Asia. These are all in your passports. Pastor Harrison will explain that in a second. But grab those passports. And, and these, are, these stats are all in your, in your passports. But, but let, me, let me give you some of this information. In Asia, 92% of people are spiritually lost with 472 unreached people groups. In Latin America, 82% are spiritually lost with 648 unreached people groups. In Europe, there's 1,161 unreached people groups. In Eurasia, there's 5,436 unreached people groups. In the Asia Pacific, there are 1,132 unreached people groups. In Africa, there are 867 unreached people groups. In Northern Asia, there are 472 unreached people groups. That's 10,188 unreached people groups. We're not talking about 10,188 people. We're talking about communities of people that don't know who Jesus is. And many of them, if not all, have never heard the name of Jesus. Romans chapter 10 verse 14 says this. How then will they call on him whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless... They are sent, as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? So faith comes from hearing, and hearing comes through the word of God. When I read that passage, I, I pick out a few words. I pick out call, believe, hear, and preach. Call, believe, hear, and preach. How can someone call on the name of Jesus if they don't believe in him? And how can someone believe in Jesus if they've never heard the message of the gospel? And how can someone never hear the message of the gospel if people don't preach the word of the gospel? And how are people supposed to preach the word of the gospel if they're never sent? If you go back to that picture of that river... They had a crossover in boats. Church, what if we're called, what if we're called to build bridges and cut roads? What if we're called to build bridges so that individuals could walk across and step into a relationship with Jesus? Kind of pause there for a second. Pastor Harrison, um, I mean, how, how can we practically build bridges and cut roads? Yeah, absolutely. I mean... We've already talked a little about it. Everybody grab your prayer passport and just wave it grab at them, me. Grab them. Wave them at them. Wave it at me. Yeah. Like you just so don't care. This, okay. The way we designed this was so that we can achieve this first part of building bridges and cutting roads by prayer. Because yeah. most of you will know that nothing happens without prayer in the kingdom of God. Nothing happens without prayer in the kingdom of God. And so that's where we have to start every single time. And so essentially this prayer passport is outlined with five regions. And so each region has a few three or four prayer points that we've designed specifically for that region because if there's one thing I've learned it's that uh, a lot of times in our limited knowledge and our limited cultural exposure to different places in the world we can pray certain things that we have knowledge of but the, the opposite is true also we can't pray things that we don't have knowledge of and so what we've done in this is we've given you prayer points 
that connect directly to what's happening on the ground in some of these regions so that you can go to heaven on behalf of what's happening in these regions. And so the way that we're going to use these passports um, for you guys is you guys are going to take these and you are going to establish a time each day with your family or with friends or something like that each day and you're going to pray through one region and then you're going to stick the sticker on the little spot where it says place stamp here. Now, I'll throw this caveat in there. You got to pray to put your sticker on there. Yes. Don't, hey, don't play sticker on day five if you didn't pray for day five. Yeah, yeah. No, but the idea is that God is going to touch your heart if he yeah. hasn't already when you pray on behalf of people who are far from God in other places in the world. It just happens. Yeah. But that's how you start building bridges and cutting roads. Absolutely. And, and, and Megan did a fantastic job at putting all of this on the app as well. Uh, so if you've downloaded the app, all of this information is on there. Um, here, here's, a, here's an idea. Um, you use your electronic version and then give your physical version away. What, what if? What if you actually took this to your workplace, took this to a friend, handed them that passport that you have, and you said, hey, for the next five days, can we pray together? What are we praying for? We're going to pray for lost people. Okay, where? And then go through those regions. Then what, what if we did something like that? So, so here's the deal. We build bridges when we pray, but we also build bridges when we obey. So if it, if it has to start with prayer, uh, that, that's a positive, obviously, but then we have to walk out the steps. So, so Brian, you've gone on several mission trips. Tell, tell us about some of the trips that you've gone on and, and some of the things that you've experienced. Gene and I, or actually myself, have taken eight trips to three wow. different countries. I've been in Asia, Europe, and Africa. And basically what God is doing in us is we see Bible starting, Genesis, God creating Adam and Eve, husband and wife. We see in Revelation the marriage supper of the Lamb. And throughout Scripture, we see the, con the conversation about marriage reflecting the heart of God. Yeah. Gene and I want to help married couples learn how to dif display the love of God through their marriages to be a witness in our communities. Mm -hmm. And then we take a ministry called Junior Bible Quiz, which we have here in this church. They were just meeting a couple hours ago here. And using that as a family discipleship tool, and that specifically is one of the tools that I've been able to use over every single trip I've been on introducing this Bible Quiz ministry because the word of God will never return void. Come on. It will always Come accomplish on. the purpose. All we've got to do is put the word of God out. And God will always accomplish his purpose. Absolutely. So now are things starting to make sense? Oh, hey, why do we do junior Bible quiz at this church? Well, well man, what if we can get our what if we can get our kids passionate about scripture? What if we can get our kids passionate about the Bible? What if those things can be rooted in their heart? And then what if, what if? What if as they grow up, they're going on these mission trips? What if, what if as they grow up, they're beginning to tap into some of the things that, that Mr. King and, and Ms. Jean, and the foundation that they've laid in other countries? Brian, um, now, I don't know if everyone knows this or not. You're not a full-time missionary. I am not. You've gone on several mission trips, not a full-time mission. What do you do for a living? I work for the United States Postal Service. So you mean to tell me, y'all give it up for him, especially during and uh, I'm late. Christmas. And if your mail's lost, it's not his fault. All right. Um, <laughs> But you mean to tell me that, that God can call someone who's not in full-time missions to missions? Absolutely. And it opens doors for me at work to share the gospel, like with a friend, Danny, this week, that I got to share the gospel with this week. Come on. And I pray for Danny, because he's there. You've been praying for him for a long time. He's been on my prayer card for probably 10 years. I'm trying not to burst into tears this morning. 
Somebody make a joke so I don't. If your heart's not being broken, check it. We also build bridges when we give. Um, Brian, what, what does it mean? And then uh, Colin and Madison, I'll come to you guys. But Brian, what does it mean for you to know that you have a church that, that stands with you financially, especially in the new seasons that you're going to be stepping into in the next couple of years? From the day I took my first trip to Russia in 2005, this church has been right behind, supporting, giving me some guidance. Even in my last couple of trips, Pastor Harrison was right there helping me with certain details that had to be filled out. And it's great to know, you know what? There's somebody that shares a vision and a passion and is going to help somebody step forward. And that's, that has meant a lot to me. Yeah. And I've spoken about that many times. Mm. Madison, Colin, how about you? Yeah, so when you first get called into missions and get over the initial shock of, oh, my goodness, God, you want me to go where? Yeah. Then you get told you have a monthly budget to raise, and it can be overwhelming. It seems daunting to try and figure out, God, where is this money going to come from? And um, I don't know if you know this, but as missionaries, we get daily emails telling us how we're doing, and for a while it was zero dollars, zero dollars, zero dollars. So I called my mom, and I was like, Mom. Please sign up so that it stops <laughs> saying zero dollars, zero dollars every single day. And she did. And the next Multiply Church signed up. And for Come the on. past four years, you guys have been faithfully supporting me and then us for the past two. And it's just so encouraging to know that we have a church body that believes in us, that believes in our mission. And we can take our mind and our stress away from paying our bills and coming up with money and actually focus on the people on the ground and mm. do the work that we are called to do. Yeah. So thank you for enabling us to do that. Absolutely. So, so let me, let, maybe you're new to the church. Maybe you haven't been here uh, for a while. And you say, hey, how do, we, how do we actually give to missions? How, how does that work? Or, or where, does, where does tithe money go? Like when Sam comes up here and encourages everyone. So Pastor Harrison, can you give us a breakdown on how, how we give to missions in our church organization. Sure, yeah. So across the board, for those of you who have been here for any, any given period of time, you've probably heard Pastor Zach or Sam or the people who do offering here on a regular basis maybe talk about the tithe and then kingdom builders. Yep. So we have what we call a two-bucket giving system. It's the tithe and kingdom builders. So first baseline, whenever we give the 10% or you give the 10% to the church, the church in turn, we take 10% off of that 10% and we give it away to missionaries monthly, completely. So we tithe off of our tithe to support missionaries just like Colin Madison every single month. And because of that, as a result, we support 118 missionaries and missionary families Come on. monthly all around the world that are doing the work on the ground. And, and wait, there's more. Yes, and there's more. It gets better. So whenever you give that offering that's above and beyond that 10% and you give it towards kingdom builders, which is that second bucket, a lot of people ask, where does that go? What does that do? And then you get current events in the world that people start asking about, well, how can I give to Afghanistan? How can I give to what's going on in Liberia? How can I give to what's going on in all of these nations where it seems like things are falling apart? And the reality is because of your generosity through kingdom builders, because you give on a regular basis generously to kingdom builders, before you ask that question, We've already supported people who are setting up refugee camps outside of Afghanistan. Yeah. We've already supported people who are in Haiti with Convoy of Hope, providing Come meals, on. providing shelter. Because Kingdom Builders gives us 
that money to be able to draw on and not have to come to church on a Sunday morning and say, hey, everybody, we need to take up another offering. No, we've already taken the offering. We just give it away to the yeah. people who need it to do the work of the kingdom. Absolutely. So. I've had several people reach out to me in the last week and ask me, hey, what are we doing for Afghanistan? What are we doing for Haiti? I've had some of you actually ask me, hey, what are we doing for Louisiana? They're about to get hit heavy with a storm. We're, we're already proactively thinking about how we're going to give, where we're going to serve because of things we already set up and because you have already given to kingdom builders. So let, let me kind of switch gears a bit. I'm going to go to Cammie and Maria. I told them I'd give them a heads up before I come to them. Uh, Cammie, can you tell us a little bit about some of your missions experiences, especially um, stateside and locally? What have you been a part of? So in high school with my school, I went to South Lake Christian Academy. In high school, we went to South Carolina in Erskine College, and we um, all served and ministered to the widowed community there. And so... Um, a lot of the boys did a lot of like yard work and a lot of um, housework for the women who were widows there. I mean, and these were like women who couldn't support themselves. So people wow. were giving to them and serving to them. And then we would sit in there and we would make blankets with them. That's awesome. And just talk with them. We would um, talk with them about their relationship with Jesus if they had one. Or we would um, witness to them and tell them about our relationship with Jesus, our um, experience. And so that was through... Um, my school, and then I've, at my college, through um, my ministry in college, I was part of Athletes in Action, which is under crew, like Campus Crusades, if you've ever heard of that. Um, I joined the service team there and joined the outreach team there, so we were evangelizing to people on campus, and um, it was a push. Like, I, I, the reason I signed up, because I knew that I was not obeying that commandment, wow. and I knew God was calling me to, so I signed up for the outreach um, team, knowing that I didn't necessarily want to do it, but I knew that God wanted me to do it, and I can't tell you how much it grew my ability to be able to do that um, and seen several of my friends accept Christ um, through that and just through my own obedience to God and kind of saying, you know, I'm instead of saying, okay, I'm going to go on my own agenda and then follow Jesus, it was I'm going to follow Jesus very first, like wow. even if it doesn't match what I have in mind. Um, and through that and just through obedience and putting him first, knowing if I, if I um, serve Jesus with my whole heart and if I follow Jesus with my whole heart, um, Saul so just naturally, people would come up to me and, you know, from my, I was on the cheer team in college and just from my team being like, you know, like something's missing in my life and I think that's Jesus and I can see it in your, like the way you wow. live your life, how he gives you so much joy, how content you are and how you're following him with your whole heart. So it's just, there, again, it was easy because college and my school, but there are plenty of opportunities, especially through the church. I mean, this is a church who wants to serve the community, um, to be able to serve in those ways and go outreach. I mean, it is literally as easy as giving a homeless man a meal on the street and praying for his meal, mm. you know? So, so let, me, let me break down what you just said. What I, what I heard you say was, and correct me if I was wrong, what I heard you say was you felt like God was calling you to serve. Mm -hmm. You knew it was going to be hard. You decided to do it anyway. People were saved. Absolutely. If you had to break it down yes. in, in a couple steps. That, yeah. And I knew, I was like, okay, like I'm following Jesus in like these areas. Like you like had I'm a relationship doing, with Jesus. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I had a relationship with Jesus, you know, had like after my freshman year of college, like really had heard heard the real gospel for the mm. first time. Um, and I was like, you know, I'm like praying, getting in the word, like, yeah, like oh, obviously it's 
not about checking boxes, but I knew in the back of my head, I was like, I'm, sure. I knew God was calling me to be able to um, go outreach and go serve. And I was like, this is the scariest thing I ever want to do, but I know he's calling me to do it. Yeah. And I have a fact because his word says it. You know, you can't deny it. It's literally written right there. You can't deny it. And so I it makes there. it a lot easier when somebody else starts preaching this instead of me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and it was, again, like I, you know, I said I know, and I know, again, that it's not, it's not just for me, but I know it's for others, too. Mm. But, again, through that experience, my eye grew like crazy, too. That's awesome. You know. Well, let, let me switch gears. Marie, I'm coming to you now. You can grab, you got your microphone? Is it on? You I ready? got it. It's okay, on. perfect. <laughs> hey, so last week. Um, last week, we, I mentioned an, an opportunity um, to go to Nicaragua and to, uh, to through, through kind of some CrossFit stuff and, and, and be able to, to go. And you do CrossFit and you, you work out at the gym. And, and I saw you at, uh, at the doctor's office. I was coming in for a checkup. I saw you at the doctor's office um, uh, earlier this week. And we started talking about Nicaragua. And, and your response was, I, I, wi- I wish I could go. And then you started, you started lighting up a little bit, talking about your cousin who had gone on a couple mission trips, and, 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 and you had said, um, you have never, correct me if I'm wrong, you have never been on a mission trip before. Yeah, no, so I have never been personally on one. And then how, how did it make you feel hearing about opportunities? T- talk to the people in the room who have never been on a mission trip, but they hear about an opportunity, and they get excited. Man, what, what would you say to that person? Yeah, so I know for me... Um, as soon as I had the opportunity and it was like kind of a real thing where like, okay, I, I have like doors open and I can, I can go if I want, you sure. know, um, I immediately got so excited because I love hearing about other people's experiences and just the growth that I know I've had personally, um, building this relationship and following Jesus, uh, it has changed me so much and it's changed my whole like projection on a whole lot of things. And um, the way that I go about things has been so different. And so I just got really excited. And yeah. I was just like, I need to, whatever it takes, like, I need to make this happen. And I need sure. to go. Because I was like, if it can, I love hearing um, and seeing the change that he makes in other people. And I was like, and th- I just want to be able to spread that. Sure. And whatever I need to do, um, that's what I want to do. Awesome. Let, and, and here, the re- and like, hey, why'd you pick these two and pull them up here? I, I, this is one of the reasons why. Um, so, so, uh, Cammie, what do you, what's your job? What do you do for a living? Um, so full time, I'm a middle school math teacher. <laughs> I, y'all, y'all pray for her. Yeah. <laughs> um, I teach seventh grade math at Southlake. Um, and then part time I work for the ministry in NASCAR. So I do Bible studies, um, with some of the younger girls around and then we'll do events or I'll go out and help them. They have like childcare, they call it VBS on steroids. Um, at the track or at every racetrack, so. So you're you're so you're busy, especially being a teacher yeah. throughout the school year, and then and <laughs> oh, then I coach Ma- cheer. Too. There you go, you do that <laughs> as well. And then Maria, you you're a professional driver, and you're gone like, I don't know, seventy four weeks out of the year. It seems like it's like there's not yes, seventy four weeks, but but it's a lot. lot. You're a you're lot. going a lot, and, and so man, what I want some of you guys to recognize is this: sometimes serving in missions, especially when it comes to short term missions, is actually going. Man, sometimes it's going to be seasonal. So we started talking about trips and, hey, what does that look like for me to go? I can't go right now because I'm working and maybe many of you are working. Maybe you've got stuff going on in your life. But, but what if you put a date on it? What if, you said, what if you're a teacher in a room and you said, hey, you know what? Next weekend, 
or next weekend. No, don't go next weekend. Uh, next, next summer, man, I'm going to go on a mission trip. Or next whatever, I'm going to go on a mission. And you start dating, you start dating um, where you want to go and picking out where you want to go. Let me land the plane here real quick and, and let's start to kind of wrap up. Worship team, if you guys want to kind of start making your way up. Um, th- there's no doubt in my mind. I've said it, I said it earlier. I'll say it again. There's no doubt in my mind that missions is a mandate. We are, we are called to missions. Sure, some of us are called to pray. Some of us are called to give. I think many more of us are called to go. I feel like, I feel like when we start talking about going, we get nervous. When we start talking about going, we start looking at our inadequacies. When we start talking about going, we say, man, I could never, I could never do that. Church, can I remind us that it's our job to build bridges to others because Christ built a bridge to us. Madison, tell me, uh, tell me the name of uh, the local village that you're in. Um, and, and what it means. Yeah, so our team lives and serves in a village called Wara, and when you translate it into English, it literally means the lion is not far. Let, let that sink in for, for just a second. Church, the lion is not far. The lion is not far. I think we have our theology wrong in the way that we communicate about Jesus. Pastor, what are you talking about? About to preach some heresy. I'm not, I'm just kidding. We have a tendency to think when we go on mission trips that we're taking Jesus to people. Church, we ain't taking Jesus to nobody. Jesus is already there. We're just meeting Jesus where he is. Where is Jesus? He's with the broken. He's with the hurting. He's with the individuals that don't know who he's already there. He's already present. It's our job to go to reveal who Jesus is to those groups of people. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna land the plane. We're gonna wrap up. The worship team's gonna the worship team's gonna sing. You're, you're, when we start singing, you guys are dismissed if you need to go. But, but what if, what if God's calling? Maybe it's not tomorrow, maybe it's not this year, but, but what if, what if God's calling you to serve in a community, to go on a short-term mission trip? Harrison, we have five spots now, five spots, S- technically seven, but Brian said he's going, I said I'm going, so we're down to five. We'll see how it ends up. So we have, we have seven spots, right, for, for these guys. So tell us, uh, you got, can, can you borrow your mic? Hit this really quick, really quick. Yep. Tell so, us the dates. Tell us where they're going. Well, you we can't tell us where. Yeah, so, well, we're going to West Africa. West Africa, so, we can say that. General enough, we're going to West Africa. We're going to meet these two and their team on the ground, and it is uh, February 17th through the 25th of next year. So, and so we have five spots left. Five spots left. Bit, but yeah, between the, the church. So Harrison told me this morning, Pastor Harrison told me this morning that Pastor Doug was going to mention it in Concord, um, but I, I, made, I made a challenge, made a challenge. Concord a little bit bigger than us, right? <laughs> they got a couple thousand people. We're, we're working on a couple hundred. What if, 
What if there were five people in the room that said, you know what, in February, in February, I want to go to West Africa. In February, I want to go serve. This isn't some pie in the sky kind of thing. We'll see what it's like. They're sitting right here in front of you. You're meeting, they live there. You're meeting them there. You're doing the work of the gospel message. If you're like, Pastor, Pastor, I don't have enough money. I'll pay for it. Pastor, I don't know if I can get off time from work. I'll call your boss. You think I'm kidding? Give me his number, her number, their number. I'm serious about this stuff. Because when we can get serious about spreading the gospel message, I promise you, lives will be changed. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to go ahead and close. We're going to open up the altars one more time. We're going to have these guys down here. We're going to have uh, Brian and Harrison. They're going to be down here. And man, if you feel a call to missions at all, or you're saying, man, I, I, I just want more information. I want more information about February. Make your way up front. We'll pray over you. We'll pray for you. And we're going we're gonna to ask God. We're going to ask God to move. So Lord, right now, Lord, we ask you. We ask you to open hearts. God, we ask you for people to be a little vulnerable. I know we've gone a little longer than, than normal, but, but it's never our service. It's always your service. So, God, we give you, we just give you open hearts right now, open minds and open hands. Again, if you need to, if someone's in the room and you need to go get your kids, you need to go, you need to go to lunch, we, hey, we totally understand. But this is going to be kind of a soft closing today. So make your way out when you feel like you need to go. But I'm going to challenge several of you to make your way up so that we can pray over you. Maybe you're going to West Africa. Maybe you're going to Nicaragua. Maybe you're going to somewhere somewhere local, somewhere stateside. But you're, go, you're going somewhere because God told us to go. Let's step into worship.